hadn't been to the theater in a couple weeks. So I decided to do three movies this weekend. Uh, oh, shit. Because there's actually good stuff to see right now. And I guess the first thing I'm going to talk about is Asteroid City, which I saw at the Coolidge with a couple buddies on Sunday night, which was great. I had a boom sauce in my hand and a full crowd of people who actually gave a shit about the movie, which was really, really great. I was looking around and I was like, oh, there's like seven people like on Letterboxd right now. We're good. We're, we're good. Um, so Asteroid City is the new movie written and directed by Wes Anderson, starring mainly Jason Schwartzman and Scarlett Johansson. But I mean, the cast goes on and on. Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Tony Revolori, Tom Hanks. I mean, it's yeah. just it is an insane cast and people that show up for one line and you're like, that's crazy, Wes. Like, you're pulling some people <laughs> for this. To go to Spain, no less. Anyway, this is about 75% classic Wes with 25% that just feels unlike his other movies mm. in a way that's, um, I, I'll almost say unsatisfying, but in a good way, because it leaves you wondering what he meant, which I don't think all of his movies really mm. have that. But this film, and I don't even really want to get into the plot because it's just about this little town, fictional town called Asteroid City, which is a play within a movie. It's a whole West thing. You you know how it goes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it is so, like, almost alienating in the way that I wasn't sure what to take away from this in the end, but I still loved it. Like, I still walked Not away going... Not sure what to take away in terms of, like, it was muddy and you didn't know, like, what what was going on. Or, like, it was very clean and sharp and it was just abstract. And, I, like, to the level of the... Not that those are the only two options, but... I would say it's more abstract because the movie has this weird... It, it almost doesn't have a finality to it like it just kind of ends at a certain point mm -hmm. and i'm sitting there and i'm like i get it you know grief loss what your place is in the universe but then you're also like you're running through your mind about like what all these characters mean yeah every line that they said had to have meant something like what does ed norton's character mean for brian cranston's character and all of these things and I don't know. It was just, it's a movie that I'm still wrapping my head around. So I'm kind of like working through the feelings right now. But I think that I liked it a lot. That's where I'm going to leave it. It like mm. left me with this sense of wonder that his movies usually do, but this is even more so where you're just like, oh, this could mean a whole wow. bunch of different things. Yeah. And I'm going to have to definitely see it again, maybe even in the theater because I just like it. I need to grab onto something a little bit more, but I think that I really, really loved this movie. It remains to be seen, though. I think Wes, he only makes like four or five star movies, so it's like, oh, yeah. it's either really well, good or just really, really good, you know? <laughs> and it's like interesting that like he has the ability to even go like make you question what you took out of it. Like I feel like a lot of films, it's like you walk out the door and you're like, yeah, mind made up. This is what I thought of that movie. And like that's another level of skill altogether to be like, I don't know where I am on this. Right. Which is cool. Right. And I think that was his, I think that's what he wanted to do. So Asteroid City, definitely check it out. It is so strange, but so beautiful in the way that he makes films. Um, yeah. So Asteroid City, worth checking out in a the theater. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm going <laughs> to touch on something real quick that I watched that, um, 
was a whole wild undertaking of understanding and whatnot. Um, it was a terrible sentence. I it's watched okay. this movie called The Wrath of Becky, mm. which I didn't find out until like a day later is the sequel to Becky. Um, of course. I didn't know that like Becky was a movie. It's weird because in the very beginning, it's like reference of like, oh, yeah, this happened in my life. But it's done in a way that's like this kind of just is like, here's exposition for you, like exposition dump. But apparently it was summarizing the first movie. Um, oh, okay. but it's about it's it's basically like if John Wick was a teenage girl. Oh, um, it's like okay. kind of like a, you know, like this girl, Becky attacks a bunch of neo-nazis and kills them all violently oh okay it's weird which is apparently what becky was too and they've made another one um matt angle and suzanne coat i think uh Mm -hmm. are the directors um this came out this year i don't know it was fine um (laughs) okay it was not polished i feel like is what i'll say Um, ah sean william scott is the big name in it um the original Becky, it was Kevin James and Joe McHale, which is wild. Um, yeah. But the the main girl, Becky, is played by Lulu Wilson. Definitely thought it said Luke Wilson when I hit play. <laughs> um, but hey, I mean, it's it, it lacks polish. That's all I can really say is like it's it's OK. Fun to a degree. Um, but like some of the writing is very bad. Uh, mm. Some of the acting is is kind of bad um ah. and some of the execution you're just like like there's a couple of blood splatters that you're like that was terrible yeah that yeah, was somebody's yeah. off like off frame just going throwing whoosh, some yeah. throwing blood at yeah so not oh, worth God. it um mm. but it's an interesting series that's going on that i've found out about um yeah and i mean it does have an 86 on rotten tomatoes so like do with that what you will um I think that's one of the things that made me hit play on it, but yeah. Um, let me ask you this: Are you going to watch the first one now, having seen Becky too? <sighs> if for no other reason than I have to see Kevin James with a big yeah. ass beard playing like a neo-Nazi, yeah. <laughs> but it's also weird because I'm like, <laughs> they literally summarize the entire movie in the first. <laughs> Like, you know like what happens. A few seconds of, of Wrath of Becky. Yeah, like, I know what happens. Right, and it's, like, right. summarized very distinctly. Like, looking back, I'm like, oh, yes, these are, like, clips from the movie. Like, that's how right, that guy right. died. That's how that guy died. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel like maybe I will. Um, it's the... Yeah. the I, I paid for it, which is sad. Oh, um, God. For Wrath of Becky. But regular eh. Becky is on Hulu, so... Oh, good to know. I don't know. Maybe I'll check out yeah. regular Becky, then. That's the one I was going to like say two sentences on, you know, four minutes later we're here, but whatever. That's okay. Did you have another one you wanted to roll into after that? Uh, well, if I can, if I can, well, I could either like redeem myself or keep the train going. Um, oh. But I will t- keep the train going in like, I also watched Encino Man this past week. Yeah. Like a which classic? I thought I had seen, <laughs> but I don't think I'd ever seen Encino Man. I don't think I've seen it. Frazier, right? Brendan Frazier? Brendan Fraser, yeah, Brendan Fraser, um, Polly Shore, and Sean Astin. Um, Jeez, and Key's in it too, but he's in it for like two minutes. Sure, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a goofy '90s comedy. Yeah, <laughs> Brendan Fraser plays a Cro Magnet that was frozen, and then awakens in 
<laughs> Encino, California in 1992. Of course. Um, discovered by Sean Hessen and Polly Shore, and they decide to, like, give him a makeover and take him to prom. As or you Or take do. him to high school. Like you do, yeah. It's, you yeah. know. You know. Um, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. It's a time capsule for sure. It's yeah. so 90s that I love it. Um, yeah. I Like you said questioningly at the front, I'm like, I, it kind of is like a classic. Yeah. It is a movie it. of its time. Yeah. Starring two Oscar winners now. Absolutely. Um, My God. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't have that much more to say about Encino Man, but like. Yeah. I'm glad I have I'm glad that is in my watched like outbox now. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's been on my watch list for a long time and I'm always like, one day I'll hit play on Encino Man. And that day came and I'm glad it did. And there you go. I mean, it is one of those movies that is referenced quite a lot, and especially with Brendan Fraser kind of like coming back into the public conscious. Like I've been meaning to kind of go back and watch a lot of his movies because I've really only seen mm-hmm. like a handful, not even a handful, yeah. I'd say, and this is one that I hadn't seen yet. I did not even know that that was the premise, so I'm a little more intrigued now. Um, this was on what? Where did you watch this? Uh, I, I paid for this one, too. I watched this one on Amazon. There you go. I think it was only two ninety nine though. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So, um, it's well worth the money on that one. Wrath of Becky, not worth the money. Encino Man. Encino Man. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. Made but I want to do million. that, too. I want to back through a bunch of... Uh, bunch of brendan fraser movies yeah well because revisit like bedazzled and monkey yeah. bone yeah he's got a really interesting filmography um oh that's so interesting well on a completely different note i went and i saw the flash in the dolby on saturday because mm. i was like you know what it's still there nothing came out last week that you know dethroned it for the imax screen so i was like might as well sure. see this if i'm gonna see it at all um directed by Andy muschetti director of it which i'm a i'm a fan of his you know generally um yeah starring ezra miller michael keaton sasha kaye michael shannon i'm not going to go over any of the other people in it because a lot of them are spoilers um going into this movie with my expectations really low which is the same way i went into black adam mm-hmm. kind of helped me out because i didn't hate this film i, I was really mm. ready for like bottom of the barrel Shazam two level stuff. Yeah. And it's not that there are problems that I'll get to in a minute, but it's, it's the quality of the film is really high. Like it looks really good. There are moments Hmm. that don't look good, but it overall, the filmmaking quality is good. And you can tell that Andy is a good filmmaker, you know? Yeah. Um, Generally, the story is like a time travel-ish, multiversal-ish film where he's going back in time to change an event to, you know, not going to go into it, but yeah. And things happen as you do with time travel. You mess with something in the past, butterfly effect, everything gets fucked up. And that's what it is. It's them trying to go through and fix everything in the timeline. The issues that I had with the film definitely come in the last... 20 or 30 minutes where things just completely fly off the handle to the point where it's like way past no way home way past multiverse of Matt. like it is fan service mm. beyond anything i've seen mm. in ever and when you see it i can't wait to get your reaction to some of the things that happen um oh. it's very very concerning and the other thing is that ezra miller is fucking annoying dude in this movie like yeah their performance, and I think that's just the way this Barry Allen is supposed to be, 
it is so grating. Like by the end, mm-hmm. you're just like, and there's two of them, as you see in the trailer, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. And one of them's young, and one of them's older, and you're just like, oh my god! Like just, I just, it's something about the way that he speaks and his voice being like almost squeaky. It's 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 yeah. really tough. But beyond that, you know, it's better than Black Adam. It's better than Thor: Love and Thunder. It's not great. I'll probably okay. never watch it again. But it, you know, it's sure. not as bad as these people are saying. Like one star. I'm like, dude, it's not. It's just not a one yeah. star oh, film. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, but. I reserve. I want to see what you say about it when it hits streaming because you know a little bit more about this stuff than I do. So I'm like, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm way off. I mean, I, I don't know how much I know. I mean, I think a lot of my Flash stuff is built up off of like the Flash TV show and like, sure, you know, uh, other like like Flash in the animated world and kinds. Of, I've never read Flash yeah. comics. Oh, um, interesting. Okay, it's weird because I feel like Ezra Miller's character there is very much built to play off of like the rest of the justice league. Like that character was written to be part of the justice league. And then on its own, I feel like it doesn't have that counterbalance. Um, Obviously hypothetically I'm saying here, but that's what it is though. He's balancing off of a younger, more annoying version of himself. And you're just like, God damn towards the end. Sasha Kaye is great. Michael Keaton's great. Like there's really fun elements to this film. I laughed out loud a couple times. The filmmaking is good. Um, it's just tough. Like this is really where this uh, universe kind of dies. It's like with this movie and the next couple yeah. DC movies, it's like this is it. Like it kind of ends with a sputter, and I'm like, man, that kind of blows, you know. Um, so yeah. Flash, I don't know that I would. I'd probably wait and not spend twenty five bucks to see in a theater, you know. But well, especially considering the list of other things I have to see in the theater right now. Totally, it's not worth but. it. So, um, but yeah, interesting. That's all I'll say about hmm. it. <laughs> all right. All right. Not the greatest movie you've ever seen? No, definitely not. <laughs> I will say I want to go back. So, like, you know, I watched Encino Man from 92, and I was in a 90s mood. Yeah. And I landed on this movie um, that has always been in the back of my head as, like, one of those movies that, like, I should watch. You know what I mean? It's very in the same vein as a lot of like my favorite kind of movies and whatnot. And it's a movie from 1990 called The King of New York. Yes. So The King of New York is a movie starring Christopher Walken. That's right. As the lead, which you don't see often. And he's basically like this crime lord who just got out of prison and is going around New York City taking control of everything. And, like, it is some good, old-fashioned gangster crime dramas. I love it. Okay. And it's Walken. Like, (laughs) and it's Christopher Walken, like, at peak Christopher Walken. He's so menacing. Um, Lawrence Fishburne is also in it, um, and he is incredible. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes is great in it. David Caruso. Mm. David Caruso, like, was it was hard because... He very much is in the same kind of vocal range and affectation and like mannerisms as he is in CSI Miami. He doesn't do like oh. sunglasses things or anything like that, but it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard to and he plays a cop, so it's hard to be like to shake the like this is just David Crusoe from CSI Miami. Right. Um, except he's bitching about how much he hates taking fingerprints. 
Um, of course, sure. <laughs> but uh, this movie is really fucking good. It's weird. I like. I can see why it isn't as well known now as say like Casino or Goodfellas or something like that because it does. It is a little more cerebral, and it is a little smaller in terms of its like scope. Um, for sure, and it's not directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, right. Oh, it's Abel Ferrara. It's, Abel Ferrara, yeah, yeah. So I was just gonna say, who's like not a nothing director, for um, sure. You know, and has been working pretty <laughs> consistently for the past, you know, forty years. So, yeah, um, definitely worth the watch. I mean, like, I don't know where this again. This is one that's just been on my wait list, my wait list, on my watch list for decades. Like, I remember right. wanting to watch this in film school, and it's just never found my way to it. And it's so good. It's so wonderfully 90s. You know what I mean? Like, I love things when it's just like, oh, they don't like. Like, this is like the opening scene, so I guess not really spoilers, but like they yeah. trap a guy in a phone booth and shoot him. Which, you like, know, like he goes in, he goes in the phone yeah. booth to make a call and they stick a, a, a screwdriver in like the door so it can't open and like unload on it. I'm like, this is here's some gritty 90s <laughs> violence, you know. Right, and then it obviously could only take place. It couldn't be past a certain year because that doesn't yeah. exist anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh man. Um, so worth the watch for sure. Um, mm. For no other reason than Lawrence Fishburne is so good in this. Like the yeah. standout. I mean, like Christopher Walken's good, but he's like always good. Although this yeah. is a standout Walken performance, but like I feel like this is from the. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne period that like I haven't really seen much from it's like pre Morpheus but post like Apocalypse Now sure yeah you know, right which is in, like a, in between yeah <laughs> which a is like a you range know, but that's a long time but like um you don't see, I feel like you don't see much of that from him or much from him in that time period um definitely not which like I'm sure you, you I'm sure he was working but like yeah, but yeah. it's not what he's known for. So that's yeah. really interesting. Okay, I'll have to... I, I need to do a Fishburn watch through, too, at some point. Because, man, yeah. oh, man. Um, all right, well, this... I'm going to add... I don't even know... I mean, like, this movie has been something that I've wanted to watch. Haven't seen it. And I just keep forgetting about it. So King of New York. And I add yeah. it to my watch list right now. Where nice. did you watch it? Did you rent this? That's uh, got to be on No, that Max. one's on... Uh, where did I watch that one? Actually, honestly, I think I had it on my hard drive. Oh, really? Yeah. So you just had it this whole time? But it's on Tubi and it's on Criterion. Um, gotcha. And it's okay. on Roku. So So you can find it for free. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, a movie that you definitely cannot find for free right now, <laughs> nor probably in the near future, is uh, a film that I was really looking forward to because of the buzz around it. And it's a movie that I also saw in a theater, uh, Past Lives, which is mm. Celine Song's directorial debut. Or I, I should say feature debut because she's done some short yeah. films starring Greta Lee and Yu Teo and John Magaro. And that's kind of it. There's some smaller part. I don't, is there even any, I guess her parents. There's like some really tiny parts, but it really is those three main characters. And um, this movie is unbelievable. Like it, it yeah. is really one of those films that, um, 
you know, I thought my expectations were too high going in, which happens a lot mm-hmm. because people are like, oh, this is one of the best movies of the year. And so um, I kind of was feeling some type of way about that. But as soon as it begins and you like see the filmmaking before you even hear any of the dialogue or anything, you understand that this is someone who knows cinema and mm-hmm. the story is pretty simple. I guess it's told in three sections, each separated by about 12 years. And it's about these two people who meet throughout their lives in these three different sections. And um, Greta Lee is basically the protagonist and she as a young girl in Seoul, Korea, moves away when she's about 12, leaving her crush behind, who is Yuteo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, throughout the years, they kind of meet up and sort of cross paths, whether that be virtually or just in their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And this movie is just like such a breath of fresh air because I'm not a big romantic drama kind of guy, but sure. this felt real in a way that was like tangible. Like I left the theater reevaluating a lot of my own choices because you're just like mm. it, it's another film that's kind of um i don't know how to put it like almost unsatisfactory in the end because it doesn't it leaves you not open ended but not the way you think it's going to go or not the way that you think it should go i feel and like i know exactly the vibe you're talking about yeah it's fucking remarkable, dude. The last 10 minutes is like a tracking shot. And hmm. my heart was like racing. And I felt myself like scooching forwards because you're like watching these two people and you don't know what's going to happen, but anything could happen. And it's yeah. this deeply romantic like yearning that you just don't feel through any. Like I've never felt that before in a movie. I, hmm. I just. I could not recommend this movie more. This is one of my favorite movies of the year so far. I hope to see it again uh, really soon. It is. Um, it makes me really excited too to see more from Celine Song because I'm like, you fucking get sure. it. This is a unique film that looks beautiful, is directed incredibly, is acted so well. I mean, so much is said without being said between Greta Lee and you. And it's like not just their uh, like their emotions and their face, but it's the way that they even just... I don't know the way that they even just like kind of are in the space. Like there's moments in restaurants yeah. and out on the city corners and just them sitting next to each other. You're like, there's so much being said without being <laughs> said. And I'm like, that's such a, a feat of filmmaking. So I really can't say enough good things about this film. Past lives is, is really sensational um, and gorgeous. And I'm no doubt this is going to be all over the Oscar circuit. Like for sure. Yeah. That, um, that's what I was going to say is like, this really has that vibe of here's our first like contender in the Oscars that's come out this year. Like yeah. I, I was looking at that earlier and I was like, I feel like there isn't anything thus far that's really like standing out as like, here's right. You know, the big movies in play, um, which right. like, and I mean, it's June, like it, it nor should there be a bunch sure. of those, but I feel like this is the first, it's like, all right, let's start having the, the Oscar conversation for 2024. Hundred percent, yeah. And I also want to shout out John Magaro, who plays almost a third wheel character in this, although he plays a crucial role. Same thing, man. He just nails the subtleties of him and her, and like laying in bed and just ah, God, I I, just, I don't want to say anymore. This movie is remarkable. So everyone, check out Past Lives. It's really, really, really good. So. <laughs>